calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 17 Pophead When I first came to the land, the dreams completely freaked me out, which was understandable. I never had a dream until I came to Tirnanog. When I found out that dreams often gave me glimpses into the future, I thought they were cool, but since I've discovered that a lot of dreams are just jumbled images of stuff that's rattling around in my noggin, they're starting to really annoy me. That night, I dreamt about the usual stuff. Dad encased in amber, Essa walking with the invisible man, and of course, the perennial favorite of Fergal with the banshee blade sticking out of his chest. But then there were others I couldn't begin to figure out. One was of a bear that turned into a fox that then turned into an eagle, and then there was a rowboat that rowed itself to the shore where Kilty was waiting for it. What the heck was that all about? The other problem is that sometimes the dreams got so intense that I woke up less rested than when I went to bed. If the dreams weren't exhausting enough, Mom woke me before dawn. Get up, she said, shaking me. Get up now, if you want to have time for breakfast before you leave for the Pinelands. Oh no, I said, shaking the visions out of my head. I haven't had a bath yet. There is no time for that, she said, turning to go. Your party is preparing to leave now. I got up with only my blanket wrapped around me and ran to the bath tent, just in time to see Brendan leaving damp and happy. He was still steaming. Good morning, Connor, he said, rubbing his hair with a towel. Man, I can't tell you how good a hot bath feels. I pushed past him. The leprechaun who runs the bathhouse spotted me and said, Oh, I didn't know there was going to be anyone else this morning. I'll have some more hot water in an hour. I ran back to my tent and got dressed. I was going to have my breakfast and then a bath and there was no power in the land that was going to stop me. Brendan was the only person in the dining hall that I recognized. I got some food and sat down next to him. So how come you had a bath so early this morning? Raph and your mom and that molten gold lady. Aunt Neve? Yeah, her. They had a meeting last night. After the meeting, Raph told me that 
You were going to the Pinelands this morning, so I got up early to be ready. Why didn't you tell me? You were asleep. What was I supposed to do, wake you up and tell you to have a bath? Yes. Oh, okay, the cop said, taking out an imaginary notepad and pen. Let me just note that down for the next time. Do you know what's going on? Nah. Your mother still doesn't seem to like me that much. I tried to go to the meeting with a raft, but she wouldn't let me in. Mom appeared just as we were finishing breakfast. Come, Connor. Sorry, Mom, I'm off to take a bath. This is more important. I beg to differ, I said, but followed her anyway. Brendan fell in step next to me. When Mom gave him a dirty look, I said, How many times do I have to tell you that he is with me? She backed down, and I wondered if I picked the wrong battle to win with my mother. I'd ditch Brendan in a second if it meant I could soak under some warm suds. Araf and Neve were mounted up when I got to the corral. Have you ever been on time? Neve asked. On time? On time for what? Brendan brought out Acorn and Cloud and handed me Acorn's reins. He was saddled and packed with full supplies. Mom slid a strap of a full satchel on my shoulder. You looked so tired last night, I had my men pack some warm clothes for you while you slept. Mom, it's not sleep I need, it's a bath. You should have thought of that earlier, said a voice using a familiar tone. There, behind me, was Essa, dressed, mounted, and ready to go. If you think we are going to wait here while you lounge under hot water, you have another thought coming. I turned back to Mom. Essa? Essa is your guide. I thought you were coming. I am needed here. And I am still not convinced any good will come of this expedition. I'm staying and continuing the research. Also, I do not wish to stray too far from Castle Door in case... Well, just in case. Okay, I said, but Essa... Essa has journeyed to the Pinelands before. She is one of the few people who ever has. You are lucky to have her. I looked at my party mounted up, waiting for me, and I nodded. Be careful. It's wild in the Pinelands at the best of times, Mom said. No one has returned from that part of the land in a long time. I have no idea what conditions are like. Mom handed me a muslin-wrapped parcel. Rhiannon is the queen of the Pukas, or at least she was the last time anyone was there. Give her this. What is it? It is the first of the hazelnuts from your new tree of knowledge. My father sent a regular supply of hazelnuts to the Pinelands. My Puka tutor once told me that that was the reason Queen Rhiannon agreed to send her to teach me. Remember, son, never look an amorphous Puka in the eye. It can antagonize their animal self. And always look a puka directly in the eye when they change back. Why? Because they will be naked. Oh, yeah. I hugged her. Go, she said, pushing me away. You are losing sunlight. As I walked towards Acorn, I felt a slap on my back. I turned to see Turlo dressed in shiny black leather. He put his arm around me. Ah, fairy prince. 
I'm looking forward to getting acquainted with you on this adventure. You're coming with us? I travel with my betrothed, he said, blowing a kiss to Essa. I watched to make sure Essa didn't try and catch the kiss. If she had, then that would have been proof that she had been abducted by aliens and replaced with an exact duplicate. To my relief, she just smiled. Great, I said with as much enthusiasm as I could muster, which wasn't much. Just before I mounted up, Turlo looked over his shoulder and placed his face close to mine. In a conspiratorial whisper, he said, I don't want to embarrass you in front of the others, Connor, but from one royal to another, I'd like to give you a piece of advice. What's that? Well, old boy, he said, you really could use a bath. People always complain about winter, but not me. I like winter. I, I should say I used to. What I used to like about winter was the indoor stuff, the crackling warm fires, hearty soups and stews, and cozy quilts. This traveling around outside on horseback in the winter is for the birds. I take that back. Even the birds have enough sense to fly someplace warm in the winter. Saying that, if I had to be outside this time of year, it might as well have been on a day like this. It was glorious, sharp, cold, with bright sunshine pouring from an indigo blue sky. Mom had packed me a fox fur hat and mittens that kept my ears and fingers toasty warm. If only I had a pair of cool Ray-Ban sunglasses, I would have been perfectly content to be out in the elements. This was not a Sunday afternoon jaunt to visit Mother Oak. We had serious distance to cover. Essa sent a near-brutal pace that meant leisurely chats on horseback were out. Not that a private chat with Essa would have been possible anyway. The turdlow stuck to her side like a duckling to its mother. Even during the infrequent short rests, he was attached to her like a burr. It made me think that she really must like him, because if I crowded Essa that much, I'd probably be bleeding before not very long. On the first night, I went to bed immediately after dinner. I said I was tired, but the truth of it was I just couldn't stand to watch the two of them snuggled up together in the firelight. I awoke the next morning and thought I went blind overnight. Fog had crept in that was so thick I literally couldn't see my hand in front of my face. When the land does weather, it doesn't do it in halves. It made me hope that we avoid snow on this trip. At breakfast, I spoke to Brendan and asked him to strike up a conversation with Turlow at some time during the day so I could have a chat with Essa. He said he would and added that he would also pass a note to her in the playground if I really wanted him to. The morning ride was slow enough that we might as well have been walking. It wasn't until an hour before noon that the fog lifted enough so that we could at least canter without braining ourselves on a tree. Turlow dipped back and said that Essa wanted to talk to me. It looked like Brendan wouldn't have to make forced small talk after all. I pulled up next to Essa and she said, So what did you want to talk to me about? I thought you wanted to talk to me. Turlow told me that you asked Brendan to distract him so that you could talk to me in private. Oh, he heard that, did he? That's what he told me, so what is so important? Nothing's important, I said. I just wanted to, you know, talk. About what? I don't know. Maybe about 
How come you got engaged like in three months? That is what you wanted to talk about? It wasn't. Well, it was, but it was stupid to use it as an opening conversational gambit. But since I started, I just plowed on. It's a good a topic as any. And I have to justify my actions to you. Why? She said in a tone that made me realize we were probably going down a conversational cul-de-sac. You don't have to justify anything, I said. I just think it's strange that you went all bridal so soon after my departure. Let me get this straight. You think my getting engaged is because I couldn't have you? Well, I wouldn't put it like that, but don't even... Think about finishing that sentence, she hissed. You are the most arrogant, pop-headed imbecile I have ever met. Pop-headed? Do you have anything else to discuss? Yeah. What does pop-headed mean? She made that exasperated essa noise that she frequently makes just before she pummels you. You are dismissed, she said. Now, I wasn't really into continuing this stupid argument, or getting pummeled for that matter, but I wasn't about to be sent away like a lackey. Thinking about it, I wouldn't even be that rude to a lackey, and I don't even know what a lackey is. Dismissed? I said. You're dismissing me? Oh, thank you, thank you, your royal highness, for the privilege of your company. If there's anything else your sireship requires, just don't hesitate to order your turdlow to sneak in and overhear it. I pulled the reins on Acorn and let her lordship pull ahead. Turlow passed me on the left and said, That did not sound very good. I spotted a glimpse of a smirk on his face as he caught up with his fiancée. Araf came abreast. That did not sound very good, he said. Araf, it seems, had learned how to make unnecessary comments. I've only myself to blame because I think he learned it from me. I let him go by and dropped into step with Brendan. Well, that didn't sound very good, Brendan said. That seems to be the consensus. Could you really hear us all the way back here? Let's just say if you two ever get married, I don't want to live next door. Don't worry, there's not much chance of that. Connor, can I give you a little piece of constructive advice? Go ahead, I sighed. Stop being such a jerk. That's... Constructive advice? I asked. Well, maybe not, but it is advice. So, I'm the jerk. What about her? She's the one that tore my head off. And uh, you did nothing to provoke her? No. Well, okay, yes, but she overreacted. And what about Turdlow creeping around in the dark listening to our conversations? It wasn't dark. It was in that pea soup fog, remember? And he told me that he was just sitting next to us doing some banshee meditation and we disturbed him. And you believe him? Connor, I can see why you don't like him, but I hate to tell you this, he seems like a nice guy. Well, you thought I was a murderer, so forgive me if I don't trust your judgment. Brendan just shrugged. He wasn't looking for a fight and it made me realize I didn't need another one either, so I changed the subject. Speaking of difficult women, where's my aunt? She's a gone out a-hunting. Hunting? My Aunt Neve? 
She thought it was strange that we weren't seeing any animals the closer we got to these pine lands, so she nipped off to look for some. Ever since she mentioned it, I've noticed that I haven't seen a lot of living things around here for a while, have you? I haven't been looking, I replied. I've been too busy wooing Essa. Right. How's that going? You know, Brendan, I liked you better when you were a mean cop. This sarcastic Brendan is annoying. Well, Neve doesn't think I'm annoying. In fact, this morning she said I was quite funny. You had a conversation with Neve? I thought you were scared of her. Oh, I'm still plenty scared of her, but you can't deny that she's quite beautiful. Yeah, I noticed that when I first saw her, but it went away. What, when you found out that she was your aunt? No, when she tried to kill me. I find I lose that loving feeling when women try to kill me. Didn't you tell me once that Essa tried to kill you? I didn't have a good answer for that, so I ignored it. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of the series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.